Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me in this very special podcast episode release of our interview with Jay Ward, the voice of Wolf O'Donnell in the Star Fox series. This interview was originally intended to be uploaded only on our YouTube channel, but as our podcast uh, platform is relatively new and we wanted to grow more, we decided to upload this interview on our podcast feed as well. So enjoy this 30-minute awesome interview with Wolf O'Donnell. It's a pleasure and an honor to speak with you. Obviously, we're here to speak about your work in Star Fox, but before we get into that, can you elaborate more on your commercial work? Sure. I've done a handful of audiobooks, currently in the middle of doing one right now. It's a it's a gal that reached out to me. Her father was a bank robber in Oklahoma in the uh, early mid-60s, and she's written a book about him and so it's a brand new one that I'm taking on. So yeah, I've done a handful anyway. I see. It seems like a rather interesting read. Uh, who's the author again? It's a gal, Susan Parrott, and she's writing a story about her father, Charles Parrott. Uh, Catch Me or Kill Me is the name of the book. I see. What about commercial work? Uh, thanks for Lego, ABC News, uh, Home Street Bank, probably in the thousands of different commercial ads. Obviously, before I began this interview, I researched your career and noticed that Star Fox is the only video game series that you've done a voiceover for. At least that's what my research came up with. Is Star Fox the only video game series you've, uh, you've voiced characters in? It has. Yeah, there's a few characters with Nintendo that have been part of the Star Fox, uh, you know, game. And, but yeah, that's been the only one, if I remember right. <laughs> And I'll ask you about those characters later on. But aside from your commercial and audiobook work, have you done any live action or on-camera work? Very little. There was one I did as a Pontius Pilate in a, you know, kind of a Passion of the Christ short movie back in maybe 07 or 08, something like that. And now moving on to Star Fox, which I think is why everyone is here for. <laughs> Ever since, and, and this I mentioned to you in the email regarding my, the interview request, but three years ago, I did an interview with Mr. Mike West, the voice of Fox McCloud in, in Star Fox. I, I don't know if you've seen the interview or if you're familiar with Mr. Mike West. Yeah, he's from the Northwest as well. And uh, yeah, I am familiar. I've met Mike and used to kind of cross paths back in the day. And yeah, I think he's a talented dude and fantastic. And it's been kind of a kick, you know, being part of such a fun franchise and a lot of people that, that love it and that so many people, you know, spent, you know, years playing something they're passionate about. And to be, you know, part of that is is an honor. It's cool. With that being said, can you tell us how you got the role of Wolf in the Star Fox series and what was the first game you voiced Wolf in? Yeah, it's been a while now, so forgive me if I don't have all the details. Uh, I think, you know, back in the day, and usually with most gigs like this, you audition along with a whole bunch of other folks and, and kind of cross your fingers, hoping you're the one that gets it. And you never hear back whether you're the, you know, the bottom of the list or you're second in line. Unless you get the gig, you seldom hear back or don't. But um, these, these recordings were done at uh, Bad Animals Studio in Seattle. And I think if I remember right, well, first of all, the team at Bad Animals is awesome. Wendy Wills and Mike McAuliffe. They're cool. I've known them a long time and they're super fun, really just ridiculously talented and, and kind. And they were hired by Nintendo to help with not only the recording, but if I remember right, some of the casting services. So Wendy, you know, sends out kind of a note, a casting call to various agents and various folks that they work with. And in this case, Wolf had been previously voiced. And so I was asked at the time, it was kind of a, an impersonation type thing where you're going to impersonate the previous voice and yet, uh, and yet maybe make it your own as well. 
And so if I remember right, my audition was in in kind of a, a smaller group because of the casting services that Bad Animals provided rather than just a massive global, you know, auditioning. Uh, and then fortunately, I was chosen and landed the gig. Uh, do you happen to remember what game that was for? Like, Man, I, it time? was, yeah, I want to say, uh, what's what's the one that came out right before Wii? But it, it came out with the Wii, and uh, was it, um, I just can't remember. Like I said, with lots of other gigs uh, since then, I've, I just don't recall all the details. Super Smash Brothers, that was, that was the first one that I did. Adding to what you said earlier regarding Wolf being previously voiced, did you know that comedy actor Grant Goodeve at some point also voiced Wolf? I did, yeah, and I think he too was from the Seattle area, if I remember right. And and again, when they brought me in the studio, there was a bit of a, a reference wanting me to keep his voice and delivery in mind, but um, there's also a little bit of creative freedom allowed. But yes, I did know that. Well, yes, of course, you make the character yours and not be a voice match to uh, the Grant Goodeve here. Yeah, right. With that being said, can you elaborate on the directions that were given to you when you voiced Wolf for the first time, aside from sounding like uh, Grant's good eve? Yeah, it's funny, you know, um, it's uh, kind of a surreal experience getting in a in a studio like this. Uh, if you can picture, you know, you're in an isolated room, soundproof room. I've got headphones on and, and the microphone in front of me and a script on the stand in front of me. But I'm looking through the glass at not only the producer who's working the board and recording the session, but behind him, in this case, there was uh, directors and producers from the Seattle area and then also uh, folks from Japan all working for Nintendo. So you got writers in the room, kind of a director. And so it was a full studio. <laughs> and then, you know, I've got a line, even if it's just something as simple as, you know, a, a grunt or a kick. Uh, and I, I voice it, you know, maybe a couple times and then they say, push the button and say, and eh, just a moment, please. And then they talk amongst themselves while I stand there in a quiet studio waiting for their feedback. And then they'll come back with something, you know, maybe a little more, uh, a little louder, a little more aggressive, a little punchier, a little quicker and offer, you know, feedback. And meanwhile, the line is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so it's kind of strange and kind of surreal to be delivering certain lines like that. And then, you know, you get a room full of people giving you further direction. It's almost comical. I can actually picture that, really. I assume these sounds of exertion and, and grunting sounds were used for Super Smash Brothers as well. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that there were Japanese officials from Nintendo um, there in the studio with you. Uh, did you have any interactions with them? Yeah, I did not. You know, for the most part, you, you usually have um, the agents or the casting team does most of the interaction and all those decisions are made usually on behalf of the voiceover, the talent. And then you get in the room and I'm I'm in front of the microphone and I'm there to record and make the best use of their time. Uh, there's not a whole lot generally interaction between the, the corporation and the voiceover talent. Surely, as someone who is involved in the game in some capacity, you've seen both kids and adults enjoy and play the game. But I have to ask, uh, have you yourself played the game? I have. You know, I had a nephew at, when it first came out that kind of lost his mind knowing that I was the voice of Wolf. And, uh, and so, again, seeing lots of family members or friends at different age groups play the game and, you know, kind of respond knowing that I was the voice. It's, I've always gotten a kick out of that. 
And yeah, I played the game some, not a ton, but a little bit. Maybe one of the most memorable moments for me was walking in on, it was kind of like a ski resort and there was a particular room and there was maybe 10 or 12 people around the TV and they're taking turns playing. And I came in at the time, two people are competing, you know, in Smash Brothers, they're, they're brawling and I walk in and one of the one of the guys was playing as Wolf. And so to come in and they're all, you know, engrossed in the game, they're around the TV and kind of hooting and hollering and whatnot. And I stand behind them and say, uh, I can't let you do that, Fox, you know, and offer a couple lines. And uh, the reaction was was a little shock and, you know, and also kind of who is this guy? And a little bit of disbelief, and I never even said that it was me, but I think they were impressed that I could impersonate the voice so well. <laughs> they were like, hey, this guy sounds just like Wolf. Exactly. To this day, they will probably not know that they had the voice actor of Wolf standing right in front of them. That's right. Overall, I think it must have been like a surreal experience, not only for those playing the game at the time, but I think for you, because you have a stranger essentially playing with your voice as a Wolf character. I mean, how does that feel? Yeah, you know, it's fun. I've Having heard my voice come out through audiobooks and radio, TV ads and things like that, it's, um, I probably listen in different ways, maybe that people do, you know, uh, trying to deliver lines and best represent a client and so forth. But when it comes to a video game, especially something of this significance, to know that the voice has meant many different things to many different people, or I should say the character if, that Fox represents, not only a ton of memories, but a lot of, you know, emotions and feelings and competitiveness and, and friendships that they've had over the years, that enters into just a, a different realm that's totally outside of me and far beyond anything that I offered to the game. But having been a part of it, it's it's pretty cool to consider and, and I'm thankful to have had the chance. When you got to voice Wolf the first time around, did you know that the franchise, that the Star Fox franchise was this big, huge thing? Yeah, I did, you know, and I grew up playing some video games too, uh, a, a little bit ahead of that. And, you know, was was an adult, obviously, when I started voicing these. But because of nephews and nieces and others that were playing, I was certainly aware of it, but had no idea to the extent that it would become, you know, something truly worldwide and with so many people that not only enjoyed it, but continue to, to enjoy it. For Star Fox 64 3D, according to my research, you were in that game, but you did not voice Wolf then. Can you elaborate as to which character that you voiced and how was the experience for that? Well, it's funny you say that. I remember I heard uh, the Mike West interview that you did, and he made a comment about, you know, sometimes you get in the studio and they ask you to do some different characters or different lines. And that was the case. And, and I was there, I think it was during the Smash Brothers recording, if I remember right, that I did a, a few other characters. And um, I think the kind of the narrator, the guy that walks you through the tutorial, and, you know, just the function of, of the game and, and um, you know, how the controller works and some of the, f the functions, if I remember right. And, and it was kind of almost like a Sam Elliott style kind of country Western voice. And when I first did it, they got a kick out of it and said, oh, man, that's hilarious. You know, pull back on the, you know, pull back on the stick. And, you know, so they were like, oh, man, let's have you do the tutorial. And so they fed me a number of other lines and did it. But. So there's, yeah, definitely been a couple others that I did that were just more of a spontaneous on the spot kind of thing in the studio. And, and did you, oh, and, and thank you for watching my interview with Mike West. Um, such an honor that you watched it. <laughs> uh, but I'm curious to know, did you get to work with any of the other cast members such as Mike West or Lisa Brown? 
I did not. And I don't know if they had interactions, you know, usually, I mean, from my experience, there's only been a couple occasions where I was in the studio with someone else and those were more for commercial ads, but with, with Smash anyway, it was, uh, I had my own lines and I think they're focused so much on getting the lines of your individual character. Um, at least that's how we did it when I was in there. Earlier on, you mentioned Mike McAuliffe. Did you know that Mike McAuliffe actually did a voice in, in uh, the Star Fox series as well? Yeah, you know, I didn't realize that till I heard your Mike West interview. He, it doesn't surprise me. Mike's voice is fantastic, and he himself is a riot. So he seems perfect for not only, you know, for any character, frankly. I think he's great. Oh, yeah, he's very great. He was the voice of uh, Slippy Toad in uh, Star Fox Assault right around the time that uh, Grant Goodeve actually voiced Wolf. So, yeah, very talented guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. During any of your recording sessions for Wolf, is there a funny or memorable moment you've had in in the in the booth? Hmm. Well, I, you know, again, the first thing that comes to mind is what I already shared with you, just the the funny just the experience of, you know, and kind of this out of body weird thing that it is to voice characters like that where you're in the studio and you've got a team of people that are offering feedback on this animated character it's it's a bizarre experience uh there was one you know move that wolf did uh where it's kind of this this three-point kick kind of thing or it had three different little grunts that they wanted me to make and so i requested well let me let me see his move and so they they put the video up on kind of the prompter that's in the studio with me so i can see his little kick so i can kind of get the timing worked out but again it's that yeah yeah you know just trying to improvise with uh with this character that you're seeing that i was you know seeing on the screen in the meantime you know, I'm in a studio with, with headphones on and a whole team of people behind the glass. It's always amazing to hear voice actors do their voices out right here, like in the moment. I hope that one day with all these video game adaptations that Nintendo makes a live action Star Fox, uh, um, you know, movie. I hope they consider you and Mike West to do the voices because I cannot picture anyone else doing these voices. That's great. Ah, bring it on. Sounds good to me. Adding to that is your voice is so smooth yet strong and bold like a like coffee really <laughs> like a strong cup of coffee you know it comes out so smooth and 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 bold and and so menacing and cold at the same time it's almost like I'm hearing a very sophisticated Bond villain I think what resonates with the fans is that characteristic trait of not only your voice but it's th that is so fitting to the character nice good good well I you know didn't want to tell anybody, but I have a sinister side. <laughs> but maybe we all do. As someone who has been in the voiceover industry for over a decade now, do you have any tips or advice for any aspiring voice actors who may be watching or hearing us right now? Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I, I got some good advice from some people that I admired and respected. And I, yeah, I've probably got a few few ways of answering that. First of all, I think it's good to um, humble yourself and seek wisdom and advice from people you respect. And most people, you know, um, probably the ones that we want to listen to would be happy to share and happy to help. And so when somebody comes to me and they're looking to learn or maybe get a foot in the door, uh, I'm happy to help because, um, you know, in asking for that kind of guidance from others, I was blessed to receive it and I, from some sweet people that I still admire and appreciate greatly. So I think it takes a degree of, of humbling yourself and going and getting feedback from those you admire at the same time listen to your own instincts and your own heart and your own vision 
because um, I think it can be easy to think that you have to sound like someone else or be like someone else or impersonate someone else to do what someone else is already doing. Uh, but I would say learn some technique to um, you know improve your tool, sharpen your tool, add more to the tool belt. But at the end of the day, it's you. And what's gonna go the furthest is you being yourself uh, because there's no one else like you. And uh, that takes a bit of courage and, and there's also a lot of freedom in it to say, I'm, I'm gonna trust that my voice and what I believe and what I say and how I say it is enough. And it truly is. Yes, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, uh, I think the first problem that a lot of people face when when wanting to go into the industry, especially the voiceover industry, is getting that first step. And and a lot of people struggle with that. And and that's the beginning of their career. You know, you have to take that first step. So I think your advice is great. Where if you reach out to those you admire, to those that you are fans of, they will get back to you with good feedback, good advice, even provide some some websites or tools that may help you throughout your career. Yeah, and I think, you know, we can often think we need to get uh, an agent, and I think that's good, but the first step is to hone your skill. And maybe the first step there is to um, practice and to capture and record, you know, that which you're practicing. So take a minute and uh, whether using, you know, YouTube or all the various things out there or sit in front of an old school TV or radio and jot down scripts, get your hands on, you know, a half dozen or 10 or 12 scripts and get some variety and practice it and get it down and then record it and whether it's using your phone or you know something more high end and then listen back and so you can start gaining i think uh, that's probably another area i encourage people is to become more than just an actor but um, learn what it means to record and produce your stuff because if you have the capacity to not only deliver the read, but as you're doing Crystal on this call, you have the capacity to record, edit, reproduce, you're upping your value and you're creating more opportunity to get your voice in front of more people. Yes, true. The more you know, the more valuable you become. And this was seen throughout the pandemic where voice actors were becoming their own audio engineers. Yeah, and the better you are at it, the better you're going to sound and gives you a better understanding of what people at the other end of your recording are doing and need to do to deliver it well. Before we move on to the next segment of this interview, are there any final messages or comments you'd like to say on, on you voicing uh, Wolf? Yeah, I think it was. it's just been a kick, you know, and uh, I think one thing that I was surprised with for me personally is doing the Starlink version um, along with the, you know, Smash Brothers. It, it's seeing the, the comments and uh, the, the various things that people add online. You know, when you go into a studio and record something, you're essentially by yourself in a booth and you got an engineer at the other end and people are recording and they offer a little bit of feedback, but you know, the rubber meets the road when it gets out into the world and people listen. And often you don't hear too much feedback other than those that are around you. But when you hear feedback from fans and feedback from those that are playing and feedback, you know, that's either we loved them or they hated them. Uh, I like the original, oh, this is the guy, this is, this is the true voice. Or, you know, again, there's every different opinion under the sun I think that's when it, again, it takes on a whole, it's just a whole nother level. It takes, it's a whole kind of new world that I really have grown to appreciate. And, and that's been something I didn't expect, but it's been fun to see the various feedback from, from lots and lots of different people. 
glad you brought that up, actually. Um, how was it voicing Wolf in Starlink? Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you had more liberty with Wolf's voice in that game, not to mention that it was animated in a sort of a cinematic way. Yeah, and I think that's, I think um, freedom is a good way. I think you said freedom or liberty, you know, I think that's a good way to put it. And maybe part of that was me just getting a, enough time you know, in the original session, I think there was a little bit of trying to stay real close to the original. And that was an interesting dynamic in the studio. Uh, and um, but with just more given more time and then with the you know, a new team putting together a kind of a different version of Wolf altogether. It did allow for some creative liberty and freedom and, and you know, explore some ideas in the studio. And I think when I got into that voice, they latched onto it and loved it and encouraged more of it. And the lines were cool, you know, and the animation is just killer. So it just adds to this, a bit of a sinister vibe that is less of, you know, action and hurry and deliver the lines real quickly and instead could allow it to have a little room to breathe, which made for, you know, a little opportunity to be, you know, a little bit more sinister. Yeah, and I think it was this um, freedom and liberty you had with the Wolf's voice that really brought out the performance and really emphasized on Wolf's sinister characteristic and really sold the character to the audience. Yeah, well, and I think there's, you know, I don't, I think this is true with a with a deeper voice. If I'm moving real quickly or loudly, it can take away from some of the nuance and some of the stuff that's actually pretty cool about a deep voice. And so when you can move at a pace that is not rushed and there's a little space in there, suddenly I think the qualities of a of a deeper baritone or, you know, a low tenor voice really can stand out and, and the listener can kind of soak up a little bit more of that and it it takes on a different feel. Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, how many times have we not seen you uh, voice Wolf in Super Smash Brothers or Star Fox in general? But it really hit home with Starlink just because um, the way it was done and animated cinematically and the fact that, again, you had that liberty with Wolf's voice, it, it had never been done. With maybe the exception of Star Fox Assault with the Grant's Goodie, because there was some cinematic stuff going on there, and, and fans can argue there, of course. But to the scale of Starlink, I don't think it had ever been done. Yeah, and often I think, you know, historically in video games, it's, it's usually, uh, you know, deliver the lines quickly and with a ton of intensity. And not that that's a bad thing, but it's cool over the years to see some of that slow down and a little more room for character development. And with the slowing down and taking the time, that's when I think, again, some of the cool stuff really comes out. Now, we've spoken about your experiences voicing Wolf, but let's speak about the development. Is it something that you think of to, to become Wolf, or is it something that comes out naturally? <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to admit I'm naturally sinister. I, I hope not. But I think, um, you know, there's a there's a playfulness of in, and there's a lot of fun being the bad guy sometimes. Uh, and so I think it's, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I've never thought of that question. I'd have to think about that a little bit. I mean, what first comes to mind is is finding joy in harming someone else that's a creepy thing and that's a that's an alarming thing i think anybody with a conscience though that's lived in this world has likely had thoughts of wanting to get even or wanting to get vengeance and um it can feel very very satisfying and very pleasing deep down that's a dark ugly thing but I think to focus on the pleasing aspect of it makes it sound all the more sinister. 
So in my opinion, instead of sounding, you know, the, the cliche, mean, angry guy is a bad guy, it's something about the soft, subtle intellectual that finds pleasure in doing something destructive. That's even more sinister. I mean, it does fit worst personality. Yeah, right. And that's, again, you know, something that we might relate to and uh, even question why we do relate to them. I think it's I think there's something human about acknowledging the depths at which we can sink, but uh, also realizing the end game in pursuing a villainous role is it's um, altogether destructive and ugly. Um, but I think we can relate to it. But in a game where you have a character like Fox, you have to have that dual dynamic between Fox and a character like Wolf. And of course, fans love that. And uh, at some point, I think in Star Fox, again, Star Fox Assault, Wolf actually becomes the anti-hero rather than the antagonist, you know? Nicely said. Agreed. Yeah, whether you want to see it, you know, the angel on a shoulder, devil, or, you know, every usually great hero's got a, a, a villain. And there is, yeah, sometimes it, those lines get blurred. When the hero does things they shouldn't or the villain can show displays of of humanity and compassion uh and i think it, those things are are likely within all of us uh, true true or whenever the hero and the anti-hero have to team up to beat a bigger enemy yeah there you go right and we're almost at the end of the interview but before we go back when we were planning the interview well, like about a year ago and it just you know never happened until now uh we had some questions sent to us by wolf fans that i would love for you to answer i'll do my best sure all right here we go fan question number one what was it like voicing the tutorial character yaru the pawn in star fox 64 3d yeah if i remember right that was kind of the uh you know uh pull back on the stick to do a barrel roll you know, it was uh, it, it was trying to bring um, an old seasoned, you know, almost like the mechanic that just came out of the, you know, the factory who knows all the inner workings of the, the vehicle that you're flying. And he's going to tell the new pilot how to truly fly this thing. And so trying to bring a lot of character to it and the idea of this weathered seasoned veteran but also trying to offer a little bit of comfort to the pilot that's not only trying to learn the controls but how to send them on their way in, in a way that's going to help them this is the uh bring out the old sam elliott in your voice character isn't it that's right fan question number two do you know why wolf's character has changed over the years any hero in assault versus the full-on villain slash rival in star fox zero or starlink yeah, you know, I think that's probably more a question for the for the writers. And I think it's probably, this is a guess, it's probably based on fans and response. You know, as things develop and, and you put something out there as an original idea, and then you can't help but be inspired by the nuance and the feedback and experience. And so my, my guess is over time, it just felt like that was the natural direction. And question number three. Which is your favorite version of Wolf? Super Smash Brothers Brawl, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, or Starlink? That's a tough one because uh, you know it's hard to to say anything other than the original because that was a that was a ton of fun and uh, and yet having said that, again as much as I enjoyed Smash Brothers Brawl and the various you know iterations of that, I think um, something about Starlink again because I think I had a little more freedom. And it was maybe a little more cinematic in its creation and its style. I think that's probably my favorite. 
fan question number four. Uh, I think I lost count. Um, and I think this uh, fan has some knowledge that you have a mu- musical background because their question is, how long have you been playing music? Wow. Wow. Uh, I got a, a harmonica when I was a teenager. Uh, actually, a buddy and I went and got harmonicas and he lost his the first day. And uh, I kept mine and just uh, kept playing. And I um, uh, just happened to have one handy. Um, but, you know, so just kept playing and um, realized I grew up kind of on rock and hard rock and went through various you know stages through the years listening to different stuff. But realized deep down I love old school blues and gospel and kind of you know sometimes you don't know what your maybe what your roots are or what you really truly like deep down until you get till you explore enough of the world out there to realize what you really like but but blues and gospel uh, just I don't know it strikes a nerve with me I just I love it I relate to it and um, so I've been playing for a long time but I think I've gotten a little more focused and had some buddies we got out and kind of had a soul blues band for a while and played a lot of live gigs in seattle that's kind of come and gone um last summer had some buddies come over to the house and recorded a bit and just had a fun live jam and there's something about music that just always stirs my soul and i just love interacting and jamming with other players so i've been playing since i was a teenager and um, always love it. I'm not probably not as good as I should be after having played so long, but but love it. It's amazing, really. Uh, you're the second cast member from Star Fox that has uh, a musical background. Jim Walker, the previous voice of Fox in Star Fox Assault, I believe he plays the guitar and has a band. Maybe we could have a Fox and Wolf band here. Yeah, I'm not super surprised. I think, you know, if you have a passion for for voice, for acting, for just the relational aspect and interaction, I think I think uh, would bet that music is a common thread among most actors uh, to what extent you get out and play it or or admit it. (laughs) That's maybe another thing. And this is the final fan question. Do you prefer decaf coffee or tea as a hot, relaxing beverage? (laughs) Let's see. What would Wolf choose? I don't I think. uh, it seems like Wolf would rather a scotch or bourbon, but um, and probably doesn't relax at all. If he did, if he needed to, after a defeat, I'm guessing Wolf would probably choose um, some sort of tea. <laughs> tea. Earlier, I was picturing Wolf as the typical Bond villain, relaxed and stuff. So I was, I was thinking more of a brandy type of drink. But, uh, you know, the funny thing about my interviews is that every time I do an interview and I ask one of the voice actors uh, to include some kind of human characteristic to their characters, such as this, it is it is wonderful to see the fandom get together and actually do fan art uh, about this, uh, similar to what happened with my Mike West interview. I don't know if you got to that far into the interview where Mike West actually did a whole McDonald's commercial, a spoof commercial, mind you, uh, in, in Fox's voice. And all of a sudden, once I released the interview, I had a lot of fans send me Fox working on McDonald's uh, fan art. So I can't wait to see what the community, the Star Fox community is going to draw now with Wolf officially drinking tea as a relaxing hot beverage. <laughs> That's great. That's brilliant. Just, do we yeah, do we picture Wolf coming out with a new uh, brand of tea or sitting by the by the fireplace sipping on a nice cup of tea? That is what I'm picturing. Yeah, with a dead body next to him. On that note, have you done any commercials for like McDonald's? 
Not for McDonald's, I have not. I tend to get the stuff when I'm doing commercials because of just the nature of my voice, you know. There is something about stereotyping cat, you know, voices. So, you know, if you were to see me physically, personally, I'm going to tend to get the the on-camera role as a as a biker or a bouncer or something like that. And similarly, voice-wise, I tend to get the ads for, you know, uh, selling trucks or tractors or, you know, some farming equipment. Maybe, you know, uh I'd like to think I have a little more range than that, but I think people hear a dark, uh, deep voice and they tend to think a little more rugged, manly stuff. And I don't get the the guy, you know, the guy next door or the fast food clients, at least not yet anyway. Uh, I did a few characters for a Lego ad that ran throughout Europe. That's pretty fun. And just a, on a side note, there was a team out of Copenhagen that are an absolute blast to work with. They have a ton of fun and do great work. And that too is another kind of surreal, strange experience you know, d delivering some lines through the internet and then they speak, you know, Dutch at the other, Danish at the other end and, and then laugh and joke and come back and uh, a ton of fun. Sounds like a fun time. With that being said, we reached the end of the interview. But before we go, can you give us a little taste of Wolf? I'll give it my best shot. Sure. I think, you know, I'm looking, it looks like you sent over a few of these lines that just came in from. It looks like these are from the original, if I remember right. And, and it was kind of that, uh, can't let you do that, Fox. Can't let you do that, Fox. You'll be seeing your dad soon, Fox. No way. I don't believe it. Uh, maybe this one's uh, for you, Crystal. Let me give you a piece of advice, Crystal. Don't hesitate. When the time comes, just act. I don't even remember that line in the in the game. And you're right. That's because this line was actually delivered by Grant Goodeve in Starbucks Assault. I just was very curious to see how it sounded with you delivering it. And it sounded phenomenal. And also thank you for, for including my name on there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing right there. I never get tired of hearing voice actors doing the character voices right there on the spot. Well, and again, if it's a little odd going from an interview like this, trying to, you know, harness and, uh, you know, call on the spirit of wolf in the middle of it. But hopefully that gave you an idea anyway. Sort of uh, bringing out the wolf inside you. You see what I did there? <laughs> we reached the end of the interview. Thank you so much for uh, watching this interview, hearing us. Before we go, Jay, are there any more uh, messages or final comments you'd like to say to the fans and audience uh, hearing us, watching us right now? I, I'm, it's, no, I mean, thank you for the interview. Truly, thanks for the time. Thanks for listening. And to anybody out there, I just say it's an honor and a privilege to have been a part of such a, a great legacy. And thanks for the support. And uh, even if uh, I'm not the wolf that you uh, loved, well, you know, even uh, the passion for, for the game, I think it's fantastic. So uh, it's an interesting thing being the villain. And uh, so even if you hate me, that's all right. Ooh, bone chilling. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jay, for granting me this interview. This has been such an amazing experience. It's not every day we get to interview Wolf O'Donnell, so I hope the fans got everything they wanted from this interview. And again, thank you so much. My pleasure. I wish you well. Take care. Thank you, everyone, for watching this interview. But don't go away just yet. It's giveaway time. You guys have the awesome opportunity to win an autograph print signed by Wolf O'Donnell himself, Jay Ward. For those listening to this in our podcast, make sure you guys go head on over to our Twitter page so you can learn how you can participate in this giveaway. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For more awesome content, please visit www.thekitsunanetwork.net or simply Google The Kitsune Network and we'll pop up right away. Thank you so much for listening.